So welcome to the closing session of this retreat. Um, let's just sit quietly together for a few minutes before I offer some reflections. So welcome to the closing session of this retreat. Uh, let's just sit quietly for a couple of minutes and then I'll offer some reflections.
So good morning from the Forest Refuge. And uh, yeah, welcome to this uh, closing session for our retreat. So um, some reflections have been coming to mind and yeah, many, many themes that you've all reflected on before at the end of retreats, probably in different ways. Um, and the sense of how, again, that's come up a little bit in some of the conversations we've had during the Q&A sessions of this flow of how to flow between the formal practice or retreat practice and then sort of everything else in our life <laughs> and just that sense of a continuity of intention that we you know again continuity of anything is a big challenge but to keep coming back maybe is more realistic and that's what I'd really like to just create a little bit of reflective space during this little session for you to, you know, spend more time with if you wish. Um, or just to mark as a marker, like kind of, okay, there's been a some kind of gathering and coming together, you know, both kind of for you in, individually in a way, that sort of coming together one's mind and body and heart and and then there's this coming together as a, as a group practicing together and that that's some parts of that are dissolving uh, i mean arising and dissolving all the time as we know as everything is but it feels really helpful to kind of okay and that there can be a kind of conscious leave taking acknowledgement of endings and this is a very helpful practice because for many of us for all sorts of different reasons you know endings hmm, uh, difficult in different ways maybe very subtly very obviously and yeah we all have our own kind of perhaps reactions around that so just to be really tender and conscious of yourself around how, how this is maybe it doesn't feel like anything much or maybe it feels quite poignant some way and that way the endings always kind of put us in touch with the many other kinds of endings in our life and that yeah certainly true for me I think and they've been difficult and so there's an ongoing practice in a training with that to kind of like work you know steady mostly <laughs> you know be conscious participant in the process of, of leave taking of just an, again another opportunity to practice which everything is so maybe that's something to take with us like this sense of taking care of the intention to just how how can I practice with this how can I practice with this how can I practice with this <laughs> sort of piff instructional question you know because in a way to allow the dharma allow the dharma all that we have developed and all that we know and have studied and reflected like those little pauses 
a reflective question. Kind of, whoa. So I think pausing, wait, you know, really key practice for me. There's the momentums of our mind and our life and other people and so on. It's like practicing pausing and this sort of the way that that can just open up a reflective space. And it's like, you know, asking the question like, whoa, you know, what's needed? Or just it just finding it, you know, again, allowing that sense of receiving, making space for intuitive wisdom to kind of function. Yeah, so it can be very intentional or it can be more like just pause, keep pausing. In a recent retreat I did for the month of May, I I was pretty whizzed up and ungrounded at the beginning of that and just made this commitment to just keep coming back to sitting and just staying, stay, 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 <laughs> wait, you know, it's this kind of thing, sort of aspects I've been reiterating through the retreat. It's like sit, ground, spacious, kind, interest, you know, and just that, just that, you know, so we have to be very careful, don't we, to sort of calibrate our approach to the conditions and again, you know, for for our daily life with, you know, more activities and that's like that having that flow and that flexibility to allow, you know, we 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 if if we stay present or we have the intention to stay present, then actually that's like this flexibility that we've been, oh, okay, here is uh, yeah, mm-hmm. And then this is a helpful way of being present here, and then here it's like a bit more like that, and then there's a wise boundary okay no not going there um then here there's just a deep sense of openness and you know that's what's needed by ourself or another person so there's this i hope you know i, I don't always feel in touch with that because we can so easily get stuck in rigidities and and hab- habits and you know formulas and we go in and we do this and we have that attitude and because that's what i do and so I think the pausing and the this opening of space, like in our formal practice and then maybe through the day, you know, sitting on the toilet, sometimes I think you just like use it as a pause or, um, yeah. So, so somehow that find, finding your support. So that's, you know, I, I will just mention a few of the things that I try to, remember and practice and I was thinking this morning I think it's also about staying in touch with or keep coming back to what you love what you love what you really care about like what you really love about or in meditation because I think sometimes I've got to do it's good for you and you know and it's like I was this morning thinking what do I love about it like teaching which I can find incredibly irksome and difficult and (laughs) Like, you know, and then it's like, what do I love about it? Well, I love the sharing and I love the Dharma and I love connecting and I love supporting other people. Oh, oh, okay, right. You know, sense changes. So in your life, you know, kind of not just 
that sense of what do I love doing and then do it, which again can almost become, well, I ought to go for a walk because I really like that. Or it's so, but more like in the walking, in the walking is like the allowing that sense of love to come forth. To, I love nature, I love the trees, I love the colour of the turning Japanese maple I'm looking at now. Um, just, I love, you know, the sense of love and care and, um, Again, we might say that quality of metta and, and and mudita, and then the compassion for the cows. Like one cow yesterday was was outside the field, and there's that sense of oh, you know, and how can I help? And and so the response, the the sense of love. Like sometimes I think of the the four Brahma Viharas that we've been talking about during this retreat, Pante and I. That, that sense of them being four forms of wise love. And that actually they're very natural. They're very natural. They're not, it's almost like allowing that to come forth, allowing it to come forth in what we're already doing. And that's really interesting to me. So it's a sense of less having to build things and construct things and make it and all that, which has its place at times. We need that kind of energy. And, and But I think a lot of the time it's more a sense of allowing. So what do I love here? You know, like the Medita practice, it's like, what can I appreciate here and now? And then immediately it's like, oh, and I find that, except for in the deepest sort of places of depression, where it's really, really hard to find anything to be grateful for, anything that you love, just that heavy, heavy, dark sort of blanket over you. Um, but even then, I, I, when I experienced this um, some years ago, and I was encouraged to, to do gratitude practice, and I was not... It, it feel like this isn't working, you know, like, yeah, okay, well, I'm grateful for this and that. Didn't seem to shift anything. But I think it did in that more unconscious or sort of somehow like the the underground processes that we we have to remember, you know, like um, my my teacher, Christina Feldman, was really, really taught me a lot about, about this. She would talk about, you know, that the, the, the sort of less we're not aware of the processes of healing always you know that to keep faith with the practice and that it does it does it does work and that sometimes we can't see that working um but that it's um yeah something is happening and if you any of you remember the story that Sharon Salzberg you think was in one of her books about um, doing retreats, meta practice here down at the retreat center, and um, been doing it for about a week, and then got a call and had to go and help out a friend, and was packing and was in that lovely bathroom. Those of you who know the retreat center, the old bathroom with the tiled floor, kind of in the old part. Um, and she drops a jar, a glass jar of something on the floor, and it shattered. And her, she heard herself say. Some, sorry, I'm going to paraphrase here. Sorry to Sharon and all beings, but something like, "Oh, bless you! You just dropped a dropped a jar." You know, like loving response. And she was like, "Oh," she hadn't thought that a week of doing loving kindness practice for herself had done anything. And there we are. She's like, "Ah," oh. so it's like you get these signs, you know, where 
perhaps some relationship or some something we're struggling with, just a little bit more kindness around it, or you know, a, resp- a response that habitual response just doesn't happen. So, just a, a very simple example. So, one thing I really I, I think can be really interesting and helpful sometimes after a retreat, although maybe sometimes it's just like we let go and we carry on and you know, that's it, (laughs) is seeing if there's any kind of reflection or theme or intention that we really actually, something has come clear. Now, I want to look at that. I want to explore that. I want to kind of focus on that, maybe emptiness or equanimity or compassion. So, or, or just something, something really simple, like slowing down or, gentle gentleness what would it be like to live more gently you know or just anything that's come up for you during the retreat or anything that the retreat has kind of reminded you of and something simple or yeah we can study we can kind of bring it into our meditation like the equanimity phrases that Bante was offering yesterday and like yeah you know what if I just really hang out with that for a week for a month and I don't know, this is not every, for everybody, but this has been such an incredibly supportive part of practice for me. And even before teaching, it was. And teaching is like you can sort of fold it together because you've got to give a talk on something and so you reflect on it. And <laughs> um, But to have your own sense of interest and like, oh, yeah, you know, there's some juice in that or some like, not something we should do, but something that sort of calls to us or playfulness, like, ooh, you know, something more in our life that, you know, it still has a connection, but it's with the, with the formal, the traditional Dharma teachings, but it also feels authentic. It feels alive. It feels like a real concern. And it's, you can tell it has a kind of wholesome calling sense to it. Um, so just to see, and there might be something right now if I just try and pause for a moment. Um, and just see whether there's anything from this retreat where, you know, ah, maybe a few things that touched you, maybe wordless, maybe something about connection, community. Yeah, just maybe reflect just briefly, see if there's anything um, that you'd like to highlight for yourself.
Yeah, so you might want to come back to this and maybe a little bit later and kind of spend a bit more time just quietly with yourself, just seeing seeing what bubbles up. Um, because things that I'm offering, you know, may or may not be relevant. So I would like to um, share with you again the five precepts in the form that I shared during the opening session of this retreat. And one practice possibility is um, to really reflect on these precepts every day or once a week or that they are a really, they are a source of strength and steadiness and guidance. And my sense is that when we reflect on them regularly, or sort of, you know, that, 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 that the reflection, it's like the, it gives the opportunity for the precepts and our life to actually speak to each other, right? Um, whereas if we just think about them occasionally or take them on retreat and then, um, but if we, if we touch on them fairly often, it's like they, they come alive in our life and they just, you know, it's like when we're shopping or relating with people or, you know, doing email, anything, it's like they're more there, they're more conscious, and then there is support. And again, if we're talking about what, what supports and strengthens the heart, these are very key, very, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of strength there as to provide us as sort of with a, a, a framework for reflecting on the choices that we're making in our life. Um, so yeah, so the precepts in our life can talk to each other, if that makes any sense. And I heard um, uh, one group of practitioners got together and formed a kind of a support group around the precepts and would check in with each other. I don't know how often it was about just how that training was going and some slips and some, you know, oops, and I, you know, that wasn't good and okay. And so being able to share honestly and, 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 you know, that sense of, I think that's very honesty without judgment. There's a practice for you. <laughs> it's like, so that we can acknowledge to ourselves and to each other. It's like, oh, you know, or the sense of celebrating our sealer, our, um, our ethical integrity, but knowing there's always more. There's always, like, we can be deepened and refined and and there's more actions that can be taken to, to, to embody and express the wisdom and compassion um, embedded in these in these precepts. So I am just going to read them. I'll just pause a little bit after each one. And again, as I did in the opening session, the invitation is just a kind of sense of just hearing, listening, or kind of taking them in, like a kind of like breathing in, and then yeah further reflection and practice with that as you wish so again um credit to stephanie Kaza um on whose teachings this um version of the precepts is is based knowing how deeply 
our lives intertwine. I undertake the training to protect life. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice compassionate action. So just pause to, there's the refraining side of the precept and there's the cultivation side that I'm sort of separating out here. So that's the first precept. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to take only what is freely offered. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice contentment and generosity. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to avoid sexual misconduct. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice responsibility in all my relationships. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from unwise speech. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice speech that is useful, true, timely and rooted in goodwill. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine I undertake the training to refrain from taking intoxicants that lead to heedlessness. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice caring for this body and mind.
So I'd just like to mention quite briefly some other supports for our, for our practice so that we can bring the Dharma more and more fully into our life, allow our life to be more and more fully in the Dharma. And um, probably for all of us an ongoing process of trial and error and forgetting and remembering like sit quietly you know <laughs> some of that some of that's very helpful exercise so you know, walking chikung a little movement exercise we did a few days ago moving the body or body work different kinds are so um, so important, I, I feel like maybe different people. It's different, but I really encourage you to 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 make that part of your practice, part of your life in some some form or forms. Again, that looking for what feels good, what feels enjoyable, what feels kind of um, beneficial, you know in a simple activity walking it's almost like again you can sort of forget to tune into what the body actually likes because we have ideas about what we do we don't like no i don't like walking and you go for a walk you really feel the body so oh, the body's quite enjoying this like it's kind of so listening yeah and another thing that you know i think is crucial for me anyway is really connecting with with nature in some some way being you know it could simply be looking out the window looking up at the sky you know if you're lucky enough to live somewhere where there's trees and lots of you know ocean or lake or other things but even if you live in a town or a city there's a sky and the night sky you know sometimes i'll just go out and look at the stars and the moon Just, you know, I could say a lot more about that. It's so important, I think, for nourishing, strengthening our heart and mind, and also so important for um, attuning ourselves to the suffering of the planet, of nature, the effects of climate change and global warming, and that whole sort of suffering and distress of of planetary life, the environment, creatures and so on that so need our love and courage and compassionate action. And again we, we move to care for what we love, what we what we pay attention to and what we appreciate. So that time in nature can perhaps support us again in whatever way we can to be part of the um the work to heal our planetary or environmental life.
um, spiritual friendship. We've touched on that, felt particularly poignant in our Q&A Zoom sort of sessions and uh, the opportunity to, to, to talk and share and um, just appreciate the, the fellowship and whatever you can find, wherever, however, you know, not exactly whoever, um, <laughs> but, you know, to me, a little bit of the right stuff goes a really long way. You know, that one conversation with a good friend every few months, it's like, ah, oh, you know, just so much deep nourishment. Um, so, yeah, I really commend you to the kinds of friendships and even with people with not those without without whom we we don't have a like shared dharma practice they can still be that sense of how can we be together and relate to each other in ways that are supportive and yeah for all of us obviously that's an ongoing uh practice and process and um yeah how to how to again strengthen our relational or relationality you could say to to be able to be more both offering and also receptive to kind of nourishing connection which i think is often marked by the four brahma viharas again i always keep coming back to them <laughs> basic well-wishing basic compassion oh you're suffering present with you with that anything I can do to help appreciation thank you thank you and equanimity you know one minute I like them next minute I don't like them one minute I've done something great one minute I've done something terrible you know (laughs) equanimity and the sort of phrase of sort of warts and all you know like relationships working relationships friendships intimate relationships it's like warts and all imperfect okay and just yeah how that can really again we don't need perfect relationships in order to feel a sense of belonging Mm. yeah so uh yeah there's much more just really commend you to your own wisdom and your own exploration with this it is can be very simple and going back to the simple just sim- simplifying things mm. sometimes we need to be able to think about complex things and and then sometimes again that flexibility not to be locked into that but to be able to really seeing touching hearing yeah really so so strengthening and please I don't know there's no right wrong answer to this but and I know I'm there's a there's a continuum of of, 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 of um, patterns and tendencies on this to in terms of your exposure to news media um I would tend towards the more minimal end. Um, some people, and I hear go more the other way, and I'm like, where's the middle? Where's the middle way with this? Please, let's find the middle way, that sense of being informed enough 
and then letting go. For me, I have to come forward more to know, and I get most of my news from the BBC, which I find more palatable than a lot of other things. And so I can stay informed and stay connected and kind of have a sense of some of what's happening in the world, you know, not just this particular country that we happen to be in, but other countries. And, you know, that's important. And then to really just really encourage you to exercise wisdom around around that, how much you take in. And the last thing I want to mention is kind of linked with this because I have a sense that it's almost like the energy you save from getting sucked into whatever it is, hours of agonizing with, couldn't you do something else more constructive? I hope that does sound a bit headmistressy or something. That I, I really, I think, you know, maybe that's a very, it sounds a bit simplistic, but I think that's something I'm trying to practice. And in this situation, I'm trying to find ways that I can, you know, organizations I can support, give a bit of money, give. And then I, I realize this is dana, this is giving, this is generosity. And this is the practice, the sometimes really foundational practice, almost sort of pre ethics, is this training in generosity that the Buddha taught in the graduated training. And I, I have a sense that it is key to our well-being, key to the well-being of others, key to our well-being as a, as a part of the community of sentient beings on this planet, part of the well-being of our little micro-communities and, and the larger communities. And if we can give time, energy, money, in whatever way we can, you know, it's like we can contribute towards the good. We can, and I just, I, I'm going to, I have a little list of things that <laughs> after this retreat is over, I've got sort of waiting for me to things, other things I, other than what I'm already doing, because I'm sure you all are doing also quite a bit, but what, how I can contribute to and take care of the things that really, really, really matter to me. And that that is an antidote to anxiety and fear and um, anger and, and confusion. And it's, again, it's not, I mean, it's not trying to um, say that, that there aren't very, very complex problems. I don't want to be reductive and over oversimplistic, but just in terms of both our taking care of our well-being and our sanity, but also we can help, we can contribute. And that that just feels like in whatever way we can, right, whatever way we can, to, to again make space for considering what can I offer, how can I help. It's very empowering and it's very also very help with a sense of from freeing us from a sense of isolation that we are constantly receiving and offering and that if we can find ways of being part of a flow of generosity both receiving and giving I think we are in a process of healing ourselves of healing the world and um, so we need to make the effort, you know, this may be that place where we feel we're in our little comfort zone and I've got my comforts here and here and here and here. And it's like just having the courage to open up a bit and consider what else we might do that would bring the 
some fresh air into our being and um, also be of benefit to others. So um, I guess this is the Dana talk of this. <laughs> I would re- I would uh, I-, I wanted to just thank you for any way that you're expressing generosity in your life towards yourself, towards the others around you, towards IMS. And um, I, I feel very much moved to invite you to join me in supporting Bhante Buddha and the Uganda Buddhist Centre. And that you can do that through IMS, but you can also give direct to his centre. And I, I uh, so if you just put in your search engine, Uganda Buddhist Centre, you'll find the web page and just uh, remember that um, centre is spelt in the British English way. It's it's C-E-N-T-R-E rather than the American English way, which is C-E-N-T-E-R. So, um, and then there's a, a very good donation page. Um, and another just slight note is I, I actually had to ask my bank to open up the security measures for two hours so I could make the transaction. Um, but it went when I after I'd done that, that went through really easily. So um, he's not here to be part of this closing session. So I just want to thank him. This is someone I've never even met for his companionship on a strange journey, doing this retreat, offering this retreat. And um, so glad it's happened. And I'm so thankful to Marlon and Kerry and many, many others here for facilitating this technologically. And despite all the (laughs) difficulties, we've had a retreat, right? Isn't that wonderful? And I, I was so happy yesterday to hear from some of you the real benefits that there have been. It makes it all feel worthwhile, <laughs> definitely. Um, so may you find other retreats, other practice opportunities, either in person with, you know, maybe that's sometimes possible, you know. Like don't just, you know, maybe there's somebody you could even go and, Talk, you know, have a socially distanced little talk, walk, talk or walk with. Some of that may be, may well be possible for you. And these online retreats, as we continue, both as teachers and 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 as students, I'm going to sit at one of these retreats later on in the autumn. So I want to also learn more how it feels as a participant, so that I can help to to offer, you know, more effectively. So, um, yeah, I'd just like to close by thanking you all for your practice and for your participation. And just to also pause to dedicate our practice. May our practice during this retreat and today and whatever days we have left to us, May our practice of of the Dharma, the practice of goodness and wisdom and awareness, may it be for our benefit, for our long-lasting welfare and benefit and happiness. 
And may our practice here and now and in the future be for the welfare and benefit of all beings everywhere. Whatever beings there may be in any realm, in, in any condition whatsoever, may all beings everywhere share the benefit of our practice. May the ripples of our good intention ripple out through our thoughts and words and deeds and beyond in ways we can never know. But we can be sure that they happen, that what we do matters. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.